0: Hi, Rebecca Shear here. Looking for more ways to circle round with us? Join the Circle Round Club and get all sorts of great perks, like a welcome box with Circle Round goodies, monthly newsletters, even ad-free episodes, and bonus bedtime stories. Support our public radio podcast and sign up now at WBUR.org slash Club.
1: WBUR Podcasts, Boston.
0: Think about the last time you had to share. Perhaps you had to share a toy or a book, clothing or food. Maybe you had to share somebody's attention. While sharing can be great, it can be challenging, too. But as we'll hear in today's story, it's worth it for the delicious rewards it can bring. I'm Rebecca Shear, and welcome to Circle Round, where story time happens all the time. We're celebrating a very special time right now because this week marks Circle Round's 200th episode. Yes! Those, by the way, are hundreds of Circle Round fans who were kind enough to help us celebrate by sending in recordings from around the world. And stick around, we'll hear from them again later in the show. For now, Our 200th story is called The Fast Feast. Versions of this tale come from the Jewish tradition. Some really great people came together to bring you our tale, including two performers you've enjoyed on past Circle Round episodes, John John Briones and Kathleen Shelfont. John John Briones starred in our third episode ever, Why the Ocean is Salty. He voices characters in the animated series Transformers Earthspark on Nickelodeon and Tressé on Netflix. Tony Award winner Kathleen Chalfant starred in our season one finale, The Lamb with the Golden Fleece. The Tony Award winner has appeared in numerous plays, as well as The Affair on Showtime and House of Cards on Netflix. So, circle around, everyone, for the Fast Feast was the most well-to-do man in town. His big red brick house had dozens of chimneys, hundreds of rooms, and so many servants running about that Ezekiel could never remember their names. Not that he tried to.
2: You there, servant Ah, uh, George, is it? Bring me a cup of tea. You mean Joe, sir? No, I mean tea. I don't want a cup of joe. I don't even like coffee.
3: Okay, I'll go get it.
0: So, yes, Ezekiel was a very well-off guy, but he wasn't very well-behaved. In addition to being not very nice to his staff... George! I'm still waiting. He was also not very generous with his money. He had plenty of it, but he held onto it so tightly. Tightly, that rumors began to fly about just how stingy Ezekiel was.
1: I've heard Ezekiel is so stingy. He goes to bed at sunset, just so he won't have to turn the lights on and pay extra on his electricity bill. Well,
0: I've heard he keeps his heat off all winter, and his house gets so cold, his servants actually look forward to coming down with a fever. Whether any of this was true, well, I really can't say. What I can say is that one year, Ezekiel's loads of wealth and lack of warmth were put to the test. It began one summer when the weather was unusually hot and dry. There was so much sun and so little rain that farmers across the country were sick with worry. Without rain, how could they grow their crops? And without crops, how could they feed their community? let alone themselves. In some parts of the country, the more prosperous citizens opened up their silos and pantries and shared whatever food they could.
1: I'll donate these baskets of corn to the soup kitchen.
0: I'll bring these sacks of rice to the orphanage. But in a certain red brick house with dozens of chimneys and hundreds of rooms, a certain someone did nothing of the sort. And I'll bet you can guess who I'm talking about...
2: This so called famine is actually a feast for me. Instead of sharing the food I've stashed away in my storehouse, I am going to sell it at a very high price. The desperate masses will be so faint from hunger, they'll have no choice but to
0: gather at my door and pay up. <laughs> And so it came to pass. Every morning, a long line of hungry people would crowd around Ezekiel's door, offering whatever cash they could for a loaf of bread, a bag of potatoes, or a scoop of grain. But if they didn't have any cash to offer? Please, sir, I'm all out of money. May I pay you back tomorrow? Ezekiel didn't show any mercy. May
2: I pay you back tomorrow?
0: What do you think I'm running
2: here? A charity? I am a businessman, and I am not in the business of giving away anything for free. If you don't have any money, you don't get any food. Period.
0: The people became desperate. So desperate, they began offering Ezekiel whatever they could in exchange for a bite of food. I'll give you my golden wedding ring.
1: My silver pocket watch.
0: My pearl necklace. Handed down to me from my great, great, great grandmother. In most cases, Ezekiel accepted their offer. Ugh, fine. Though he wasn't very nice about it. I'll
2: do the trade this time. Next time, you'd better bring me cold, hard cash. I only have use for so many trinkets. (laughs)
0: Ezekiel had always been one to get people talking. Remember the rumors about how he went to bed at sunset and kept his heat off all winter? But now, chatter about Ezekiel spread like wildfire. Until, at last, word of his notorious ways reached the ears of the governor, a powerful official who'd been sharing her own food since the drought began.
3: I've never met this Ezekiel fellow. But who does he think he is? Taking advantage of helpless, hungry people like that? Somebody should teach that greedy bully a lesson.
0: As the governor's compassionate heart ached for the victims of Ezekiel's scheming, her clever mind started cooking up a plan.
3: If I want Ezekiel to change his ways... He must understand how it feels to be hungry, truly hungry. And in order to do that, I'll need to give him some food for thought. Minus the food. How do you think the governor
0: will teach Ezekiel a lesson? What would you do if you were the governor? We'll hear what happens after a quick break. Welcome back to Circle Round. I'm Rebecca Shear. Today, our story is called The Fast Feast. Before the break, a drought drove countless people to hunger. A rich rascal named Ezekiel took advantage of the situation by charging his neighbors an arm and a leg, or a wedding ring and a pocket watch, for the extra food in his storehouse. When news of Ezekiel's greed reached the governor, the kind hearted, quick witted woman decided she would teach the fellow a lesson. She began by handing her cook a long list of dishes to
1: serve at a dinner party. A dinner party? With all due respect, Madam Governor, is now really the time to be throwing a dinner party?
3: People are starving in the streets. I know that. But all of this food will be put to good use. Very good use. Don't you worry. Very well, Madam Governor. I'll get
1: right to work.
0: As the cook got cracking on the menu, the governor went to her secretary and asked her to write up an invitation. Just one invitation, Madam Governor? Surely you wish to invite more than one guest
3: to your dinner party. On the contrary, one invitation will do. And please... She held out a slip of paper with a name and address. Have the invitation delivered to this gentleman today. Very well, Madam Governor. I'll have it delivered today. At...
0: At this point, I suspect you can guess whose name and address were on the governor's paper, right? It was none other than who? (laughs) You've got it. Ezekiel. And when Ezekiel received his personal invitation from the governor, he puffed up with pride. Would you look at
2: this? The governor is inviting me to dine with her. Personally. It's about time she extended such an invitation, what with me being such an illustrious member of society and all. This should have happened years ago, but better
0: late than never. The day of the dinner party, Ezekiel took a hot bath, got a close shave, and dressed himself in his snappiest suit, He made sure not to eat anything before the party, lest his stomach be too full to enjoy the governor's feast. I am not usually
2: one to skip breakfast and lunch, but the hungrier I am when I arrive, the more delicious food I can gobble
0: up when I get there. By the time Ezekiel reached the governor's house, his stomach was so empty he was feeling weak in the knees, His legs buckled as he walked up the steps to the front door. Then he took a deep breath and rang the bell. Within moments, the door was answered by a butler wearing white gloves and a waistcoat.
1: Ah, you must be Ezekiel. The governor is expecting you. Right this way, please. Ezekiel's footsteps clicked on the
0: marble floors as the butler led him down a long corridor and into a banquet hall. Inside the hall was a long table set for two, with sterling silver cutlery, porcelain plates, and crystal goblets. Ezekiel noticed there was no food on the table, but as the butler led him to his chair, he imagined the delectable delights being prepared in the kitchen.
1: Please have a seat, sir. The governor will be with you shortly. But before she arrives, perhaps you would like to hear the rules? The rules?
0: Ezekiel spread a silk napkin across his lap.
2: Oh, you mean no elbows on the table, no chewing with your mouth open, no using a fish fork unless you're actually eating fish?
1: Not those kinds of rules, sir. In this house... There are two very special rules you must follow when you're feasting with the governor.
0: Ezekiel felt his heart drop
1: and his stomach grumble. No offense,
2: but can't we just get on with a feast already? Do I really need to sit and listen to a recitation of Thou Shalt's and Thou
0: Shalt Not's? The butler fixed Ezekiel with a cold stare.
1: Good sir. I would strongly advise that you listen to the rules. Because if you go against the rules, I can assure you, her governorship will be most displeased.
0: Ezekiel let out a sigh. The first thing he wanted to do was get something down his gullet. But the last thing he wanted to do was upset the governor. So he met the butler's cold gaze with a warm grin. You know what?
2: I would actually love to hear your rules. Please,
1: illuminate me. Very well, sir.
0: The butler held up a finger.
1: Rule number one. During the course of this evening, you must not ask any questions. Do you understand?
0: Ezekiel did understand what the butler was saying. He just didn't understand why there would be such a rule. What kind of host doesn't allow their guests to ask any questions? But not wishing to offend, Ezekiel just nodded his head. I understand. I must not ask any questions.
1: Very good. Rule number two. At all times, you must be complimentary toward the governor. Be copious with your commendations, fruitful with your flattery, ample with your accolades. There is no such thing as too much praise even if none of it is true
0: Ezekiel was so focused on the gnawing pains in his insides that he couldn't be sure Did he hear that last part right
2: I am sorry good fellow are you really saying that I should heap praise on the governor even if it's an outright lie ah uh, ah uh, ah uh. The
0: butler wagged his finger
1: Remember what I said about asking questions. But now that you've heard the rules, the governor will be with you shortly. She thanks you for your patience.
0: Then the butler turned on his heel and breezed out of the hall, leaving Ezekiel alone with a watering mouth, a growling belly, and a reeling mind. After what felt like hours, Ezekiel heard the clickety-clack of footsteps echo through the hall. Bustling toward the table was the governor, wearing a fancy gown, long dangly earrings, and the highest heels Ezekiel had ever seen.
3: Greetings! You must be Ezekiel. I have heard so much about you. You've made quite a name for yourself. Ezekiel was so famished he could have eaten one of
0: the governor's high-heeled shoes but remembering the butler's rule about praise, he just pasted on a big grin. You also
2: have made quite a name for yourself, Madam Governor. An account of all the food you've done. I mean, all the good you've done. The good. <laughs> you
0: know. Ezekiel gritted his teeth. He was so delirious with hunger, he couldn't even talk. But surely the food would be coming soon? the governor seemed to read his mind.
3: I assure you, the food will be coming soon. I appreciate your patience, Ezekiel. It's my pleasure, Madam
2: Governor. Dining with you
0: is well worth the wait. The moment Ezekiel said these words, the butler came marching in with a large silver platter. On the platter was a golden brown fish baked to perfection with lemon and butter. The butler placed the platter in front of the governor, who lifted her
3: fork and took a bite. Mmm. This fish is heaven. Absolute
0: heaven. Ezekiel worked to hold back his drool as he watched the governor devour her fish. Then To his delight, the butler brought out another platter of fish, which he set on the table in front of Ezekiel. Ezekiel's hands trembled as he clutched his fork and knife. But just as he
1: was about to dig in... Allow me to get that out of your way, sir.
0: The butler grabbed the platter and carried it back to the kitchen. Ezekiel
3: was about to say something when the governor spoke up. So tell me, Ezekiel, how's your meal? Are you enjoying it so far? Ezekiel
0: was stunned. How could he be enjoying his meal when there was no meal for him to enjoy? But remembering the butler's first rule, he didn't ask any questions. Instead, he thought about the butler's second rule and flashed the governor a smile. Oh, governor,
2: I'm not just enjoying my meal, I am adoring it. It's amazing. Just amazing. You are totally outdoing yourself
3: as a host. Why, thank you, Ezekiel. I appreciate the compliment. Now, where is that second course? Ezekiel's eyes lit up as the butler re-entered the banquet hall.
0: This time he was carrying a golden bowl, which he placed before the governor. Ezekiel's mouth watered as the salty smell of chicken soup wafted through the air. The governor lifted her spoon and plunged it into the broth.
3: Mmm, this soup, it is divine. Simply divine.
0: As Ezekiel waited for his own soup to be served, he felt his patience evaporating faster than the wisps of steam curling out of the governor's bowl. But at last, the butler returned, bowl of soup in hand. He placed the bowl in front of Ezekiel. But before Ezekiel could take
1: a spoonful... Allow me to clear that, sir.
0: The butler seized the soup and whisked it back to the kitchen. What? The exact same thing happened with the roast beef... Pardon me, sir. Hey! The fried chicken... Excuse me, sir. Ah... Even the glasses of wine the butler kept pouring into the crystal goblets.
1: I'll get that out of your way, sir. (laughs) Meanwhile,
0: course after course, drink after drink, the governor kept supping and sipping and peppering Ezekiel with questions.
3: Are you having a good time, Ezekiel? Isn't this lovely, Ezekiel? Aren't you so glad we're having this feast, Ezekiel?
0: And despite his watering mouth and trembling hands and grumbling stomach, Ezekiel kept smiling and lying through his teeth. I'm having a grand time, governor. Everything is beautiful,
2: governor. I'm overjoyed to be whining and dining with you, governor.
0: (sighs) After all the food was gone, Ezekiel was so ravenous he was seeing double Clutching the arms of his chair, he lifted himself to his feet, anxious to get out of the house and back home for some real food.
3: But the governor had other ideas. Ezekiel, you're not leaving so soon, are you? The night is still young. I've asked the finest musicians in town to play us a concert. Just you and me. Isn't that marvelous? Ezekiel couldn't
0: disagree more, but again, he remembered the butler's second rule.
2: It's absolutely marvelous! You are a genius, Madam Governor, to cap off our fabulous feast with such melodious music. I'd love to stay and listen.
0: For the next hour or two, or was it five or six, the musicians played on and on. At one point, Ezekiel stared at the violin and could have sworn it was a loaf of bread. At another point, he gazed at the drum and was certain he saw a layer cake. Just when Ezekiel began to worry that the rumblings of his stomach were drowning out the entertainment, the music came to an end. Once again, he rose unsteadily to his feet, as if to go. But again, the governor had other plans.
3: Ezekiel, you mustn't leave now. It's far too late for you to journey home. Please, spend the night at my house. Every guest room is equipped with a feather bed as soft as snow. Ezekiel knew better than to argue, so he
0: staggered up to one of the guest bedrooms and collapsed on the bed. The governor was right. It was as soft as snow or cream or pudding? Or sponge cake? Uh,
2: this is impossible. I'm so hungry I might actually eat this bed. Goodness knows I can't sleep in it. The growls, grumbles, and pangs in my stomach are going to keep me up all night long.
0: Ezekiel rolled over and stared at the ceiling. The crystals in the chandelier looked like pieces of sugar candy. Mmm, candy!
2: Ugh! I can't believe I was invited to a feast, yet I wasn't allowed to feast at all! That governor has got to be the worst host I have ever known! How dare she sit there and enjoy all those delicious delicacies while I'm sitting there starving. I'm basically wasting away this close to passing out on her fancy marble-tiled floor, and yet she can't find it in her heart to even throw me a bone. And if she does, then that Cacamamey butler of hers, comes in and snatches it away. The governor obviously has plenty of food she could share, yet she insists on withholding it. Withholding it from a poor soul who clearly is in need. I mean, who does that sort of thing? I certainly would never, ever...
0: Ezekiel suddenly fell silent. And not because he was too woozy to go on. It was because, all at once, it dawned on him exactly who would do that sort of thing. And exactly who had done that sort of thing. To countless hungry people who had crowded his door in hopes of getting a loaf of bread, a bag of potatoes, or a scoop of grain. In that instant everything became clear. As clear as the crystal goblets that Ezekiel hadn't drunk a drop of wine from during dinner.
2: Now I see what the butler's rules were all about. Oh! Ha! Well played, Madam Governor. Very well
0: played. The next morning... Word reached the governor that Ezekiel had departed her home before sunrise. By dawn, he was spotted outside his storehouse, freely giving out food to everyone who lined up at his door. He did the same thing the next day, and the next, and the next, until at last the drought was over and the crops began to grow. But even then, Ezekiel continued his generous ways, He gave all of his servants a well-deserved raise. He even learned their names. Thanks for all the hard work, Joe.
3: You got it, sir. By George, you finally got it. George,
2: I thought you said your name was Joe.
3: Never mind.
0: Thank you, sir. So in the end, Ezekiel was a changed man, all because the brilliant governor gave him a whole lot to chew on without giving him anything to chew on at all. Well, that's it, our 200th episode. But before we go, now it's your turn. Do you have a favorite circle-round story? Think about what that story might be. Then draw a picture inspired by the tale. Maybe you'll draw the characters. Maybe you'll put yourself in the drawing. When you're done, share your picture with someone you love, and then, if you'd like, share it with us. Grown-ups, you can snap a photo of your child in their drawing and email it to circleround at wbur.org. Or post and tag us on Instagram. Our handle is at circleroundpodcast. Podcast. <laughs> Our 200th story, The Fast Feast, was adapted by me, Rebecca Shear. It was edited by Nora Sachs. Our original music and sound design is by Eric Shimalonis. Our artist is Sabina Hahn. Sabina has drawn a black and white coloring page for all of our stories, and you can color them in while you listen. Grown-ups visit our website, wbur.org slash circle round, and click on Coloring Pages. And while you're at WBUR.org circle you can find a link to our circle round picture books adapted from some of your favorite episodes. Just click on books. Special thanks to this week's actors Theodore Chin, Ryan DeLusung, Jessica Rao, John John Briones, and Kathleen Shelfont. John John Brione starred in our third episode ever: Why the Ocean is Salty opposite Lou Diamond Phillips. Listen for John John in the animated series Transformers Earth Spark and watch for him in the all-star cast of Beauty and the Beast on Disney Plus. Grown-ups, check out John John in the upcoming limited series Class of 09 on Hulu, and the feature film The Last Voyage of Demeter. Tony Award winner Kathleen Chalfant starred in our season one finale, The Lamb with the Golden Fleece. This Broadway and off-Broadway legend has appeared in The Affair on Showtime and House of Cards on Netflix. She'll perform in the upcoming plays, Tomorrow Will Be Sunday, at Detroit's Arab American National Museum and the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C. And here there are blueberries at D.C.'s Shakespeare Theatre Company. Our featured instrument this week was the clarinet, played by a musician you know and love from the Circle Round theme song, Ben Redwine. To learn more about the clarinet and Ben Redwine, and to see a photo of Ben playing this member of the Woodwind family, visit our website. Once more, that's WBUR.org slash Circle Round. Grownups, if you enjoy what you hear on Circle Round, please write us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. And please tell your friends about the show. It'll help us keep circling round with you for years to come. Circle Round is a production of WBUR, Boston's NPR news station. I'm Rebecca Shear, and for the 200th time ever, assisted by many of our fans from around the world, I am so excited to say thanks for circling around with us. One of the best things about creating Circle Round is hearing from listeners like you. Circle Round fans have been telling us about their favorite Circle Round stories, and we're excited to share some of their voices with you.
2: My name is Indra. I live in Vancouver, Canada. My favorite Circle Round story is Coyote's Wild Ride, and my favorite part is When Coyote's Tailed on Fire.
3: Hi, my name is Molly, and I live in Tacoma Park, and my favorite story is The Bright Yellow Hat, and my favorite part is when she needs to help the cedar tree. Hello, my name is Amelia, and I live in Missoula, Montana. My favorite story is Coyote's Wild Ride, and my favorite part is when Coyote says, I'm riding your ball across the sky. My name is Jelani. I'm from Tampa, Florida. My favorite story is the Persimmon sisters. I like the part when they thought that ghosts were taking the persimmons, but it was actually just the sisters were giving each other some persimmons. Hi, my name is Elliot, and I'm from Norwich,
2: Vermont. My favorite circle round story is the banana split, and I like it because monkey words are and I like all of them, but that's my real favorite. My name is Sajito. I live in California. My favorite circle round story is the bright yellow hat. I like the part when the girl finds out she can hear the flowers talk. My name is Fiona. I live in Seattle. My favorite story is the never-ending stories. My favorite part is when she realizes stories are meant for freedom.
0: Did someone mention an episode you missed? No problem. You can find every single Circle Round story on our website. That's WBUR.org slash Circle Round. Or wherever you and your grown-ups get your podcasts.